Welcome to Worldwide Wonderful Women, a podcast for your living in divine power when yours is diminished. A podcast where encouragers receive encouragement. We understand these are hard times. You may find that it is becoming more of a challenge for you to remain strong as you give of yourself continuously. That's why this is the place to join other women globally who face the same challenges as you. So join us regularly to receive biblical insight not to faint, but to stand strong. This is the podcast to be rejuvenated and revitalized. Now, let's join our host, Paula Harris. Blessings, and welcome to episode number 264 of Worldwide Wonderful Women. And the title of this episode is The Pandemic and the Plagues, Part 2. This month, I want to draw a correlation between the pandemic we are experiencing now and the 10 plagues recorded in the book of Exodus, that God may expose any false gods that we may have put our faith in. Proverbs 24.10 states, If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. This verse warns us that you strengthen yourself before the adversity comes so that your strength will not be small when it comes upon you. I pray that as you listen, God will expose any area in your life where you may have become weak so you can turn to God in this time of adversity to gain victory through the strength that is only available through him. What is this pandemic revealing about your faith and relationship with God? Whatever we set up to be our Savior, other than Jesus, will fail us in the end. Jehovah is the one true God. I believe this pandemic is revealing the gods of today. Please go back and listen to last week's podcast concerning business, economics, and money. This week, we will address entertainment, amusement, and pleasure. Now, all of these things are not wrong until they become our gods by putting our trust in them more than the living God. In talking about plagues, don't misunderstand me. God is not the author of evil. The evil that comes from Satan and man's own deprived hearts can be used, though, by God for good and to achieve his ultimate plan. The ten plagues given in the book of Exodus were God's way of mocking the gods and goddesses of that time. Last week, I shared how he turned the water into blood to mock the three gods that represented the Nile River and its source. Today, we will look at three other plagues and the gods and goddesses that they represent and are mocked. So the first plague was turning water into blood. The second plague was frogs coming from the Nile River. You can read about that in Exodus chapter 8, verses 1 to 15. And the two gods that the Lord mocked were the gods of Happy and Hep. That's H-A-P-I 
and H-E-Q-T. Both represented gods of fertility or related to fertility. It was the frog goddess to Egypt. Now, the second plague that was extended upon Egypt from the rod of Aaron was that of the frogs. And the frogs came up from the river and were in the houses and the food and their clothing and in every place possible. Now, now that would have been enough to make me do anything that God wanted me to do. Now, from the greatest to the least, no one in Egypt escaped the plague of the frogs. Pharaoh's magicians were able to bring forth frogs in their attempt to imitate the power of God and to try to diminish God's power, but only Moses was able to really make the frogs go away. Then there was the third plague, and that's where lice came from the dust of the earth. And you can read about that in Exodus chapter 8, verses 16 to 19. The god that was mocked was the god Seb, S-E-B, and that was the earth god of Egypt. So even after all these other plagues, Pharaoh still would not give in to the Lord and his command through Moses. And even after this great display of power of the Lord, he would not let the Israelites go. So at the command of the Lord to Moses, Aaron was told to stretch forth his rod and smite the dust of the earth. And when he did, the dust became lice throughout all the land on both people and beast. And finally, the magicians of Pharaoh were humiliated because they weren't able to compete with the power of the Lord and that he proved to be so much greater than their power that they were able to try to display through their Egyptian gods and goddesses. So they wind up professing this is the finger of God. And this was the last plague that required Aaron's involvement. Again, you could read about that in Exodus chapter 8, verses 16 to 19. And then the fourth plague was the swarms of flies. You could read about that in Exodus chapter 8, verses 20 to 32. And the fly god of Egypt was Utachit. I'm not sure if that's pronounced correctly, but it's U-A-T-C-H-I-T. With the fourth Egyptian plague begins the great miracle of separation. And what I mean by that is that this time in this fourth plague, only the Egyptians are affected by the judgment or the plague and not the children of Israel. They remain unharmed. This wonder also moves the Egyptian plagues to a different level adding destruction as well as discomfort to the consequences of their decisions. Plagued by flies, Pharaoh tried a new tactic and he begins to bargain with the Lord, showing his desire to maintain his power and authority over God. So he tries to dictate the terms and the conditions of the offer. He tells them that they may sacrifice, but only in the land clearly not complying with what the Lord had asked in regards to having like a three days journey. Moses wouldn't budge and Pharaoh relented, allowing them to leave, but telling them not to go very far. 
This turned out to be a temporary allowance because he wanted Moses to entreat the Lord that the swarms of flies would depart. And at this point, Pharaoh has learned in part who the Lord is and asked for his assistance over the Egyptian gods and goddesses. As soon as the request is granted by the Lord, Pharaoh reneges again on his promise and will not let the Israelites go. And he continues to worship his Egyptian gods. Now you might criticize Pharaoh for testing God, but many, I believe, are doing the same thing today. These plagues were sent not just to free the Israelites, but to destroy the false gods of the land at that time. Now what about the pandemic today? Can there be some things that have become gods to us? Can this pandemic be a blessing in disguise by exposing false gods that we may have put our hope in? Maybe something we have put our faith in and trust more so than the one true God. Now, what about entertainment, amusement, or pleasure? For the most part, they're not wrong unless one participates in these things in a sinful way. Normally, these things produce joy in our lives. But let me ask you, when the pandemic restricted your participation in these areas, did you fall into a deep depression? Did the loss of these produce anger or outrage in you? At what length have you been willing to go to to restore any of these? What have you been willing to do to get these back into your life? Let me share some instruction from the Word of God. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1-5, to 5, it says, You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from such people like that. Now what about 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 12 to 20? You say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food. This is true, though someday God will do away with both of them. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord, and the Lord cares about our bodies. In this scripture from 1 Corinthians, we realize God created everything, and he gives us the ability to enjoy life and its pleasures. He's not opposed to pleasure. He is opposed to sinning to experience pleasure. For example, 
God's provided all types of food for our enjoyment, but if a person eats too much unhealthy food, this desire for pleasure from eating the food can cause a negative effect on one's health. So God is not a killjoy. He's not against pleasure. I have shared the plagues with you because God proved that the gods of Egypt were not true gods. He's proven to us today that the gods we serve are not true gods as well. Anything in life can become a god to us when we put our trust in it rather than in God. So entertainment, amusement, and pleasure can become a god in your life if it takes the place of God in your believing that it's the source of your joy and pleasure. God has not ceased from being God. He's the same God you believed in before the pandemic. He never changes, but has your view of him changed with the pandemic? Have you been anxiously fighting to get some type of entertainment or amusement or pleasure back into your life? Do you need to acknowledge that the pandemic has distracted you from your true source of joy and delight? God knows when you're struggling, and all you have to do is talk to him about your struggle. He understands fully and will calm your spirit and direct you in the way that you should go. Will you take a moment now and pour your heart out to him? Ask him to restore your joy and delight in walking with him. Confess if you have replaced him, even in the smallest way, with something else that you thought would fulfill you. Psalm 1611 says, You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand, there are pleasures forever. That is the word of God, and I know that it is true. Well, make it a point to join me next week as we continue our discussion on this topic. And smile, Jesus loves you. Thank you for listening to Worldwide Wonderful Women. We trust you enjoyed the program. Please take a moment to leave us a good rating and review on iTunes to help us continually encourage others around the globe. We also invite you to go to TWMforJesus.org. That's T-W-M, like in Mary, F-O-R-J-E-S-U-S dot O-R-G to download your free gift and see other resources to help you live in divine power. And oh, don't forget to tell your friends. Until next time, be strong and of good courage.